0: Hey everybody, welcome to This Week in B2B Pipeline, SaaS Go-To-Market. I'm David Delaney. I'm joined today by my esteemed colleague, friend, and guest, Mr. Greg Tapper. How are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing great, David. Good to see you as always. Great to be back on the show. We're breaking the
0: internet here with the millions of followers and viewers, so I appreciate you jumping on.
1: That's great, great to be here.
0: Yeah, it's been a crazy week this week. I mean, the big you know, topic on, at least in the little bubble that we live in in Silicon Valley, has obviously been the chat GBT, GPT <laughs> release. So I want to get your thoughts on that. But first, really quickly, there were two sales development tools that came out and there's probably a bunch of new ones that are coming out to serve the market that I thought were pretty interesting. One is called Nooks and the other one is called TeamFlow. And essentially Mm -hmm. what they do is they offer remote SDRs and sales reps the opportunity to recreate the old school sales floor. And so, you know, one of the things that's been missing since we went remote and with COVID and everything is just having that camaraderie of, you know, the salesperson next to you also making calls and, you know, striking out and, you know, all the learning that goes into that. And so these technologies essentially hook into Zoom and other types of platforms and then create a virtual sales floor where you can be making calls and interacting with prospects and then actually hear your colleagues doing it at the same time hear them you know right. leaving voicemails and interacting with prospects and then obviously the manager can jump in and offer support and guidance it's most likely recorded you know as long as it's legal and you know all that stuff Mm-hmm. and compliant you know on both sides you know like i initially found out about this through a company called flow. that's mm-hmm. just released a product on it you know it really seems like something that was missing in the whole transition where we went from being in the office to remote
1: mm-hmm. so you can hear people literally you can hear just the, like the sales floor or the bullpen where people are talking And you can hear what they're saying, like basically a bunch of live Zoom calls at once, but some nicer experience. I'm sure they've wrapped around it where that's all happening live and you can sort of listen in and not just listen in. But of course, we know if anybody's made cold call sales calls at home, the only thing worse than making cold call sales calls at home is when you're the sole sales rep. In an office of office workers, like accountants and people like that, and you're like, "Hey, Bob, this is Greg Tabricon. How are you today?" And all the people from accounting are all like bookish. You're sitting there looking at you, going, "Oh, this guy is such a you know, yeah, it's so funny. That's oh the most. God. Yeah, have you ever been in that? That was
0: like the first like <laughs> ten years of my career. <laughs> like, I just remember somebody sitting behind me, like a coordinator or something that had nothing to do with sales and they would hear me saying the same thing yeah. over and over again all day. And they started to remember yeah. it.
1: Right. And then they hear you like schmoozing people and they think you're just such a schmoozer because you know you got to do that on sales calls, right? Anybody who's sold knows that. Like, you know, when nobody is selling next to you, you sound like a complete buffoon. But when everybody's selling next to you, it's like, oh, the teamwork of everybody else, schmoozing and things is great. But is that the idea basically that you're kind of, you know, in this bullpen environment of sales floor where you can hear other people and they can hear you and then you can provide feedback.
0: Yeah, exactly. And just getting that hive mind back. I mean, and I mean, one of the, mm-hmm. that, it was like, you know, it's not fun being in a bullpen, like in an office necessarily. I mean, in getting the rejection and, you know, getting pushback from the people that you're calling. But on the flip side, there's sort of a gallows humor, you know, of, the, everybody's in the trenches together, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to go out into the marketplace and connect with people. And you just lost that in the remote transition, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's here to stay. So that sounds like a pretty valuable solution to me. I think, you know, we tend to, we're going to talk about AI in a few minutes here, I'm sure as, as always, but I think there's an overemphasis on, you know, technology, especially in our world, which is all technology, and there's an under-emphasis or under-indexing and underweight on the things that really matter, which are like the relationships and the human element of what we do, especially as knowledge workers. And the reality is that sense of camaraderie, that teamwork, the communication collaboration between human beings, instead of having like some AI tell you exactly what to say at the right moment, like that's valuable. But if somebody, whether it's your sales manager, your colleague, or anybody can say, hey, that was a good call. I, I like the way you, whether it's formal feedback or just kind of like, hey, that was cool. It sounds like you had a good call with that person, you know, talking about the weather was seemed like a great thing to do because they have bad weather on the East Coast. Like that human interaction is undervalued, I think, in what we do because, you know, it's not all technology. There's a valuable human experience that is a wonderful thing. If you've ever been on a sales floor, I know you have, it's pretty cool. To hear everybody making all those calls and being out there and getting rejected and seeing them get rejected is, it can be very disheartening. Your teammates get like, you can like, you literally see them hang up. It's like, hey, my name is, okay, thank you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. yeah, I mean, support there. I mean, hope we have you some build... salespeople listening to us and be like, you know, right on. I understand that. <laughs> you
0: build those lifelong friendships with people. Like I still am friends with people yeah. from like 20 years ago, you know, in the trenches. And, you know, up and down, like sometimes they have great calls and you're high-fiving and, you know, other times you're just completely crushed like that. And it's just interesting because there's two things. One is, you know, I think that there's been such an explosion in sales technology because it was so human before, you know, and it was hard to manage by the metrics and the numbers until the layer of Salesforce and the push toward Sales technology, now you can kind of measure everything, and everyone's trying Mm -hmm. to wring as much efficiency out of the sales process as possible. So, anytime they see it, but at the flip side, you know, I always say it's sort of an art and a science, and to some extent, it's Mm. been sort of over engineered now. You know, yeah, totally agree, over indexed on the science, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've been to President's Club before, you know, and you sit there and you listen to the guy or the gal get up there in front of everybody. And they're like, what do you do? Remember, you have this guy, John, and the guy was amazing. And he wasn't like the smartest guy in the world. He didn't go to some fancy university, but he was really, really, you know, pleasant to work with, really likable. And I just remembered I was like, you know, 22 or 23 at the time, and he'd always show up and he was like, he had his bullet points. He was prepared. He had follow up. And I was like, man, this guy is really well prepared. And they'd always say, you know, what do you do? What's your secret? How'd you become like the number one rep last year in Presence Club? He's like, I don't know. I think I just made more calls than most people and just prepared for the calls more than most people. And people are like, no, there's gotta be something else. He's like, no, I just make a lot of calls and I just, you know, prepare really well. And that kind of thing is over-engineered and this idea of like, you know, here's the exact email to send versus just following up and making sure that you're being human with somebody. is, But again, you know, I'm undervaluing what we sell, which of course, which is that technology can help augment things. But I would say that yeah. augmentation is really what I think, especially when you talk about something like AI, I think there's this idea that AI is going to replace. It's going to be a long, long time, like decades, before AI replaces people. You take like Chat GPT, you know, which you had mm-hmm. sounds like you had some questions about and comments, but It's not going to replace journalists, you know, that these sort of copywriting tools, you've seen a couple of these companies raise some money on that, you know, and we're in that space, so I paid close attention to it. But like you're not going to replace the product marketing manager who's was an English major who really knows how to write good copy, or the sales rep who has good follow-up and just has a friendly tone or something like that. That AI can't do that. It can augment that, but it's not going to replace that human element that we all know is like we were just talking about is really valuable. Yeah.
0: No, it's interesting. It is. We always go back to the Jarvis example of Iron Man. You know, it's like mm-hmm. without Tony Stark, it would be a pretty lame movie. Right. Yeah, and it, right, it, right. The, the President's Club thing reminds me a lot of the guys, at least this is a long time ago. But when I came up, they didn't even have a computer like, you know, and yeah. we had computers back then. But, you know, they were just like a pencil and a notepad. But they were really, really Like you said, they were really organized. They really knew the fundamentals and they were great with people, you know, and we live in a world now of there's like content marketing where you've got to come out with the listicles of these are the top, you know, five things that you must do every day. And people are just pumping out these checklists when if you just did a post that said, you just got to get back to the fundamentals, you know, of... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like blocking and yeah. tackling. Nobody would click on that. Nobody's interested yeah. in that.
1: It's yeah. it's so basic. Yeah, I remember my father's a surgeon, at well, least retired, but he was back in the day. And back, you know, in his training, he was an orthopedic surgeon. So back in his training, you know, way back in the day, and he got a book that he had that was autographed by his, you know, one of his advisors and mentors, who's like some famous surgeon at the Mayo Clinic or something like that. And I always remember the inscription and it said, you know, something to the point of like, you know, tools will come and go, but pay attention to the fundamentals because those never go away. And it's the same thing for sales tech. It's the same for MarTech. It's the same for, you know, any sort of tech that these tools will come and go. You know, AI is going to keep you know advancing, but the current AI tools, the current software tools, current SaaS tools are going to keep evolving. But the thing that never goes the way is how humans help humans solve problems. And that's what sales reps do, right? We wake up and say, let me understand your problem. Let me find, let me see if our solution can help you solve that. The tools come and go, but pay attention to the fundamentals and less on the tools. And I think especially younger people in their careers, I spent a lot of time, I mentor a lot of people who are earlier in their careers, including even college students, kind of talking about what they should think about. Because I didn't have, I had a couple decent mentors, but I didn't have as many as I you know, had hoped. By the way, mentors are really hard to get. People are like, oh, go get a mentor. The mentors are very, very few and far between. But the one thing a mentor is like, pay attention to the relationships that you're building because those things are going to serve you better than the most sophisticated tools in the world. Because for me to be able to call up, you know, the CEO or VP or SVP or whatever or investor of XYZ company is far better than any content marketing you can do or anything I do oh, hey, you know, hey, David, can you guys check out our software? I'd love to see you just test it out, give us some feedback or buy it or whatever. That phone call is far easier because of our relationship than in any sort of blast and, you know, sprain prey approach you have using some sophisticated sales tools. hundred percent.
0: You know, and it also kind of makes me think that when we went remote, now if you go to some of the forums of where salespeople go to vent, basically, there's, yeah. and this is kind of before all the, economic stuff started happening, but there was a trend to just working for like one hour a day or even having like three different jobs at the same time (laughs) and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, And, you know, I mean, maybe it was just part of like transferring over to the remote environment and not having the, you know, the experience and stuff to be able to deal with that. But it goes back to you know one of the fundamentals is you have to work hard, you know to to get it. You're not gonna get it in like one hour a day. yeah, and I was, trying to I re- rely on a bunch of tools and stuff like that. yeah, so I see these yeah. things
1: on like you yeah. know cNBC. it's like you know twenty four year old millennial makes you know eighty thousand dollars a month and says she works three hours a week. and I'm like, three hours a week for the next three weeks. she's gonna be out a job, like you know, like, I know no successful person, whether mm-hmm. athlete, you know, school teacher or, you know, anybody or otherwise who's successful, who works, you know, less than 40 hours a week. I don't care. You know, yeah. like successful people work really hard. And by the way, if you're not working yeah. hard in your career, if you're not giving it your all, then you're missing out. You're missing out on the joys of real mm-hmm. achievement. Right. I mean, you can try to take shortcuts, but yeah, hard work is. There's no replacement for hard work in any field in any endeavor.
0: So relationships, hard work, okay, and leveraging the tools. And that I mean, and we're so like you got to take a step back. I saw this Louis CK thing where it's a classic like YouTube clip where he was saying, you know, we have the best of everything right
1: now. (laughs) And we're like the most and everybody's miserable. But Sometimes you got to yeah. take a step back and be like, it, okay. my, "Your Wi-Fi doesn't work in the air." He's like, "My Wi-Fi is not working." You know, yeah, you know, in the airplane, he's like, "You've got Wi-Fi in the air, and you're sitting on a you know lazy boy recliner, thirty-seven thousand feet, and you're complaining about Wi-Fi." He's like, "It's like it's amazing." Yeah, I see that. Crazy. It's funny. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. I mean, and leveraging these tools. I mean, I think that that's got to be part of the new work ethic, right? And so, mm-hmm. you mentioned. This week, one of the big things that came out, and it's like blowing up on Twitter. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one who's on Twitter these days, but no, Chat you, you and
1: DCs, Yeah. Yeah. Me and VCs. Those are like the people who don't work paper. that hard. <laughs> That's one yeah. group of people who doesn't work that hard, and but they make a killing. So it's good work if you can find it, I hear.
0: Yeah. Trying to get there. Yeah. Okay. So I've got two questions. As the expert on artificial intelligence here, Chat GPT is an overlay yeah. right of a larger yeah. project called OpenAI. And mm-hmm. so can you just help people yeah. to contextualize what this is and why you know it's so powerful?
1: Yeah. So first of all they need a new name because the name is like I saw you stumbling on the name and I say it myself like GPT is itself hard but ChatGPT is like it doesn't exactly roll yeah. off the tongue. The core technology that OpenAI has built for the context people. So way, way back in 2017, Google announced a new approach to artificial intelligence with this concept of a transformer, this landmark paper, all you need is attention. And the idea is that if you have this new architecture, this transformer architecture, you can come up and you give it enough data, this deep learning models that eventually these models can understand what you mean, and they can then generate in you know, response is based upon what you've said. And language understanding is a really, really hard problem. Traditionally, it's by rule. So if I say the sky is, you'll say blue. Well, you know that because you know, you know that. But it used to be a rule that we used to program software like we do as we write software code logically and say, if somebody says just, you know, if then, right? Conditionals. If somebody says the sky is, insert the word blue. And of course, mm-hmm. language is too complex. So it breaks down. So this, Concept came up of like just give a bunch of data to this really smart, you know, deep learning model and just crunch all that data and then start to see patterns in that data. And then when you see those things come up, you know, you can do certain things. You can understand it, you can generate. Okay. So Pattern A has kind of accelerated that. They came out with this different models. The GPT-3 was trained on 175 billion parameters, which are basically the way that you program the model, so to speak. And it really can understand what you mean when you say things and how do they do that? They scrape, literally scrape the entire and there are people who do this, but they basically took all the content of the internet, namely, you know, things like Wikipedia. They took a bunch of books, they loaded that into this deep learning model. And they've taken things like, you know, scientific papers and they give, they give this model all this content and they say, okay, go learn what language patterns look like. And then and then we're going to start to do things like ask you questions. Now here's what's interesting about chat GPT or just GPT in general. So GPT stands for generative pre-trained model. So generative means it can create things for you, can do things for you, which is pretty cool, right? So it can generate text. Now, take that, compare that to Google, why people are saying this is a threat to Google. And by the way, you know, Pattern AI, we're working, including with companies like OpenAI and NVIDIA and other companies like that, Mm -hmm. is that the generative models can give us outputs. that's very different than what... Google does, for example, which retrieves outputs. So it's retrieval versus generation. So if you go into something like ChatGPT and you say, or even platforms like ours, and you say, you know, when was the French Revolution? It will say the French Revolution, it will literally write that sentence, the French Revolution was in 1789, because it knows, A, what you mean by that phrase, when was the French Revolution? It doesn't mean like the Culinary Revolution of the 1990s. It means the French Revolution. You take that for granted, but like a computer has no idea what revolution you're talking about. So it's kind of a big deal. But second, it can generate an output based upon the question as it understood it to be, which is pretty cool. And then it can synthesize it and put it in a simple thing. Instead of giving you like a bunch of websites, it actually gives you the answer. So it's pretty transformational. And then finally, kind of to get to the bigger picture, you know, it's really cool to see gpt3 just the same that dolly you know exploded in august and then people like oh i can say you know create a picture of an astronaut riding a unicorn you know landing on the moon yeah and that's the classic example and people like oh wow this is incredible the real question here becomes you know when the hype is kind of over and the you know the excitement is kind of over what are the real world applications that we can create from this instead of like hey when was the french revolution there are some real problems so that I can talk about that as well, but putting those aside, what are the applications that you can do with this? And I think over the next, positively, the next year, you'll see some pretty exciting announcements from our company, Pattern AI, with using GPT models where we're doing really, really exciting things. But you'll start to see other ambitious, scrappy, smart entrepreneurs and teams say, wow, we could do something with this. This is pretty cool. I like this, right? And so it's like something like you know, the sales floor would use that in some way. I have no idea, but like whatever. I think the next 12 months are going to be really interesting in terms of what we see. And this is just the beginning of what you'll start to see with these GPT or these generative AI models. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And so this is like, I mean, would you say that going back to 2017 when they released this, that it's like a step up in the technology from what Google's been doing to a new set of, you know, possibilities where people could actually use this. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, so first of all, to be clear, it was invented by Google, and so Google is using this in its search. And if you've noticed, watch these interviews with Sundar Pichai. Like Google talks about its moonshots, right? And yeah. his great interview with him recently, he says our biggest moonshot is still search. That's a pretty remarkable comment. That Google's biggest moonshot is still search, right? And so mm-hmm. Google is going to be using these, you know, these transformers and perhaps GPT models and so on to make search better. And if you've noticed in the past three years, five years, for sure, the search has gotten noticeably better because of AI, right? They've used AI for a long time at Google. They've been cutting edge for many years. Mm -hmm. But the past five years, and you're just going to see search get better and better. And then Google has a bunch of other stuff they're doing with a Google assistant and things like that. So you'll see much more coming from Google, I'm pretty sure.
0: If you think about the convergence of technologies, because there was a report that came out that I'm not going to say the name, the Amazon assistant It's sitting right here. So I don't want it to answer me. The She's Amazon yeah. the business unit was losing, you know, billions of dollars and they were going to, you mm-hmm. know, cut the team or something like that. But I think that I feel like the voice assistance has gotten better, you know, since we've had it over the last yeah. few years. Yeah. Yeah. So you so, got this convergence of the voice and the AI and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you look at, I think we talked about this last time, but the Boston dynamic robots <laughs> that are yeah. coming out. Yeah. It's crazy when all other to think about it. Yeah.
1: yeah. So first of all, shout out. So if anybody has worked at Alexa, we are hiring and we are very much looking for people who work at Alexa. And I think there are 10,000 people. And we'd like to talk to 9,999 of them, or we've talked with a bunch of them so far and we are talking with them. So we are hiring and we love Alexa people because you understand this problem. So there's a difference between voice, this is a good point actually, there's a difference between the voice interface, the VUI, the voice user interface, and the actual AI that is executing or doing things for you. Of course, voice uses AI, but that's different. And so Alexa's gotten better, Siri's gotten better, but if you notice Siri, and I'm pretty sure because I have some friends who are senior execs there, but Siri is basically, if you've ever seen, you know, if Google were, you know, if Google were a guy or something like that, have you ever seen that YouTube? It's its not safe for work, but it's pretty funny. And it's like, you know, so the guy asks, you know, Siri a question and she leans over and asks Google the question, you know, because like Siri, Siri doesn't actually do the, she's like, Siri's like, wait a minute. Hey, Google, when was yeah. the French Revolution? Oh, okay. <laughs> the French Revolution was in 1789. You're like you just ask Google? Like, you know, series, what was that of, other one? series you, you of great know, there
0: was like Bixby or something. There was another one that nobody's Samsung. heard
1: of. Yeah, Samsung yeah. Bixby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't even know where Bixby is. But anyway, it has gotten better. The problem with Alexa is that, you know, when people are just asking you what the weather is and, you know, Wins a baseball game, it's hard for Amazon to make money. What they surmised incorrectly was that people were just going to say, Hey, you know, hey, Alexa, buy me some new toothpaste. And Alexa's like, Okay, I have 40,000 brands. Which would you like to buy? And you're like, Well, why don't I just go on the website and go look it up? Right. So it turns out that the use case that they were imagining you'd buy things is going away. You'll see other things, including in sales tech, including marketing tech. There's no industry that won't be influenced by. These artificial intelligence models, and in particular these GPT models, and chat GPT, for example, is just the first instance of some very exciting things we're going to see over the next, you know, couple of years.
0: I know that you've got something cooking, and you couldn't share it with me the other day, but yeah, still,
1: have you still really can't. Certainly not here. Oh, definitely okay. definitely and, not on a, on a podcast. But, yeah,
0: got it. Okay, but, but <laughs> sure. But really to that. know how yeah. how are you how are you applying. AI to the
1: problem that you're solving at Pattern? So in our current state today, we are focused on conversation intelligence. And so we Mm -hmm. capture all of your conversations, we hold them into a system of record, we are a system of record, and then we start unlocking those conversations in exciting ways. The single, there are two transformational AI technologies in addition to GPT that have transformed our experience today. One is voice recognition as one in the form of transcription, and the other one is translation. So I used to be in the translation business, but so to speak of the translation industry, but now we're in the conversation AI space. So if you can imagine that if you can start to capture people's conversations, you can start to unlock these conversations in really exciting ways. But we still need to get better at finding ways to accurately and really meaningfully capture people's conversations. And so, you know, we have some adjacent companies out there, you know, like Gong and, and others there. What we do is far more advanced in many ways than Gong. Gong is much more, you know, on the sales side and forecasting and so on. But in terms of conversation intelligence, we're doing some really sophisticated things and you're gonna see some pretty exciting announcements from us in terms of using, we use AI to do that, but we're gonna use AI proper to do some other things with that as well. Can't say anything right now, but to say that I am super excited by what we're working on, what our team is executing on is really pretty incredible.
0: Okay, all right. And then we're gonna do a webinar We're trying to find the date. I think it's December 16th. I was trying to get the next day to see if you could do that. And Mm -hmm. do you think by then you'll have some more news or it'll still, what do you think?
1: Not on our new project, because that's probably going to be more like a January announcement because we want to make sure that's a little bit kind of cooked and baked before we bring it out. And second, I think we got to get the market. So of the number of companies, you know, there are something like, you know, 30 million companies, United States alone, right? That probably you know, several thousand companies use some form of an AI note taker like Pattern AI and like some of the other companies you see popping up out there. There are literally 29 million other companies that are not using AI note takers that probably should that we think will in the future. And if you like if you're not using an AI note taker, then you're kind of behind the times. Like, why would you take notes in a meeting when you when you have a you know, your AI note taker can do it for you far better. You know, we hope and think it'll be Pattern AI will be the leading. I <laughs> didn't see that, but
0: no, it's, but, it's you my know,
1: there's a t- notebook
0: that I can't read any of the writing and I never look at again after I do oh, the calls. Your so.
1: notes, there you go. Why? Yeah. No. And you can't pull them up. Like no, those notes are I useless don't even, to. You, I, right? I can't read this
0: after the meeting. So
1: right. it's, it's uh, I useless, need it. Right? I need, we're
0: pushing to get people to use Pattern AI, right? And so if they're on the call, can
1: they get a, pattern AI note taker. Yeah, but they should, by the way, it's, we have a free tier of service. I mean, you can use up to 2000 yeah. minutes a month for an AI note taker. Like why would you go to a meeting without an AI note taker right there with you? Everybody's perfectly fine to have a note taker in the meeting. More and more people have them. Like, why would you go to a meeting and not have a perfect transcript of that meeting that you can then on our platform search and so on? I mean, not to give it too much of a sales pitch, but like you're at a disadvantage if you don't have, you know, your own AI note taker in a meeting or your team doesn't. So, yeah, you go to getpattern.ai. Actually, you know what? Just you can reach out. If you're listening to this call, you're probably in LinkedIn, so you're filtered at some level. Send me an email, tapper at getpattern.ai. Or you can fill out a form, I think, on our website. And you can just, you know, and, you know, our sales team will forward that to me or whatever. And say you heard about us in the podcast and on the pod. And, yeah. You know, but look, it's free. It's, you know, it's free. We, like, there's, we, no, there's no... <laughs> there's no charge to use it. Like get yourself an AI note taker and get smart I and mean, be like have an advantage over other people who don't.
0: Yeah. I mean, so this is the weekly B2B go to market show. We miss weeks yeah. sometimes <laughs> or months, but this yeah. is a weekly show. What would be cool with this is if we could get like a live studio audience, you know, like an Oprah type of yeah. situation. Yeah. But it's yeah. hard I because I I can't see the, in the studio here, I can't see if there's You know, anybody writing comments or questions and stuff like that. So we got to figure out how to
1: do that. Yeah, Um, neither can I. We don't have the person with the sign going around saying, you know, applause and cheer, you know, like running around. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I mean, because
0: I want to run around and go, you get an AI note taker. You get an AI note taker. (laughs) Right.
1: I mean, come on, seriously. I'm assuming we have tens of thousands of listeners right now. We just can't see what they're doing. But we do. I know. That's the well, I hope think, so because we're we're talking yeah. about smart things.
0: It's a great show, and these are all posted. We're going to put these on the Ten Bound site, so if you missed anything, you didn't have your note taker going, you could go back and, yeah. and review it. One last thing I want to ask you is with Pattern AI, it's not just recording the calls and getting the transcripts and you know having that, which is great. Mm-hmm. And being able to analyze mm-hmm. that, but you can go deeper, right? Because you can start to mm-hmm. notice patterns of communication that you can then mm-hmm. use to develop products and
1: refine your pitch and right. Well, right at the core level for at the individual level, it's like, Hey, you know, pattern take notes for me in this call and analyze that call and keep a perfect record and so on. But at scale, so if you're product marketing manager, sales leader, CEO, anybody is Wait a we have a thousand phone calls recorded. Like if you'd make a lot of sales calls, you have a thousand sales calls, but what are people saying, you know, at scale? So are you know are right. companies talking more about pricing or are they talking more about support? You can't see that, those patterns in the call. And that's really what we do. Like by the way, we don't necessarily want to be the transcription service. It costs us money to transcribe. So even though we give away the service, you know, a free tier service for free, it costs us money to do those transcriptions. They actually end up being right. pretty expensive. But if we got the transcriptions for free and the recordings for free, well, that's the starting point. The real value is when you start to unlock those meetings. And so we have a, the ability to search across all your meetings. You can search for any word ever said on any meeting you've ever had ever. That's a pretty powerful concept. Crazy. So yeah. and then if you can do that in one meeting, of course, you can do it across meetings and say, but are people talking more about support or pricing? So if you're a product marketing manager, like, oh, well, let's go sell them. You know, we're going to be the low cost leader. Is that the right approach? Well, maybe not. Maybe people care more about support and they're willing to pay for support. And so if you're not looking at those patterns across your calls and you're really operating blind, and so we think that – and that's something that AI does far better than humans. Humans are really good at the one-to-one interactions. I don't need to be told in real time what to say by some you know, AI insight. But what I really want to know is, you know, tell me how many people talked about support versus pricing, because I'm going to start building a product around and messaging around one or the other. I'm going to have sales reps smiling and dialing into accounts with one message or the other. If you don't know what that is, then you're at a disadvantage. Yeah. So these are the
0: opportunities. Yeah, so to use AI. if you have mountains of calls recorded through other tools you know, you can dump them into pattern AI and start to pull out some that of too, those. yeah, oh mm-hmm. that too,
1: right. yeah, right. Yeah. So we have people who use gong. We have a company that has yeah. you know something like seventy three thousand gong calls, and they call us up, and you know, we're working with them. And they're like, hey, here's seventy thousand calls. Can you please tell us what people are saying? You know, these companies don't do that. That's not what they're built to do. We are. And so, Can you see the patterns across 70,000 phone calls? There's no human being that can do that. And there are no other companies that we know of that can do that quite like we do. And so, But not to give the sales pitch, it's to give the pitch to, you should be doing that. You should be looking at the 70,000 calls you have. And I think most people are not because they don't realize that you can do that today, but you can and you should be because inside all those conversations are these insights and valuable things you can use. I see another comment here. Hold on. Great point about assessing value drivers, engaging willingness to pay using AI. Yeah, right, right. Agree with that. People will pay a lot for that and they should. Go ahead.
0: I mean, just bringing it back to the beginning when we were talking about like team flow and the emerging, you know, trying to replicate the sales floor in a remote environment. So you might have six sales reps, you know, calling out, having conversations. Most of those are probably recorded. There's probably sitting in a database somewhere waiting for somebody to go through and start to analyze and pull out patterns and potentially improvements based on the data. I mean, data is great, you can have gazillion recordings, but if you're not actually using it for some sort of improvement, then it's just sitting there. By the way, remember
1: what I said about AI not replacing people? That's probably Mm -hmm. one case where AI will replace somebody Mm -hmm. and they're going to thank you because they're going to say, Wow, now I can go do something I really want. Typically, sales manager you know, VP sales or something. It's like I got to listen to all these calls. What's going yeah. on in these calls? Oh, now I can get this machine, you know, this AI to do it for me at scale. Wow. Where do I sign? That's really huge. That's the yeah. kind of thing, but by the way, it doesn't really replace that person because that person could take the insights from the AI and say, okay, now I know what to do. Now I know how to coach the team because I've seen those insights at scale. So they can really do what they really are good at as a human which is to know what to do next or how to coach the team the ai is just going to give them the insights it's kind of like should you use a slide rule or you know a pivot table why are you using a slide rule when a pivot table can do that this is like pivot table times a billion because now you're talking about some complete transformational new approach to something if you haven't seen it like it's you, you have to see it it's like if you're in the space you're like holy smokes this is huge and i'm going to say the same thing i always say If you don't have AI as the backdrop of your career over the next 20, 30 years, then you're going to miss the single greatest transformational technology change in hundreds of years. I mean, this is like this is a big deal. It's not a buzzword. It's like it's a big deal. I say it on every show and whoever Mm -hmm. cares to listen. This is a big deal.
0: All right. You heard it here first, folks. And I'm going <laughs> to go get my, you know, it's not free. Nothing's free. Right. But I'm going to go get my note taker. I can think of like a few ways to use it right now. So, well, Greg, this has been a great okay, show, great. man. We're, you. we're a little bit over time and just want to yeah. thank everybody for jumping in and joining us and we'll see you next week and we'll get the webinar set up.
1: Yeah. I love it. Thank you, Dave. And thanks for the comments from the viewers and listeners. Thank you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.